avid listeners. Thanks again for tuning into Sin's Workshop. All right, so today we're going to be talking about Muse by Brittany Cavallero. Cavallero? Probably Cavallero. <laughs> um, I just want to make sure I get her pronunciation right. Anyway, so this is an alternate history type book. It takes place um, in the 1800s, you know, right around 1893, so right around the turn of the century. And like I said, it's an alternate history. Instead of a democratic United States, we have the uh, first American kingdom. Now, I really like this concept. Uh, It's really fascinating to me. As a society that is very democratic or very, or tries very hard to be democratic, we often imagine what our society would be like if we had a monarchy. Uh, I personally, one of those, I have wanted to write a book about it, but mm, I haven't quite figured out how I want my plot to be. So I really liked Muse because I liked how it was structured. I like how we do get to see a lot of mirroring of our actual history in the story, but it is warped, it is twisted in a way to fit what is happening within this novel. Now, it follows Claire and her father is obsessed with um, this belief that she has a magical touch. You know, she touches you and blesses you. She can make you do wonderful and incredible things. She thinks her father is delusional. However, she is a little frightened that there may be some truth to it. Uh, her father is not the best guy. He is definitely unhinged. He is definitely abusive, uh, borderline abusive. He does tend to keep her under a lock and key. So she's planning on run away, running away, basically. In you know, in eighteen nineties America, it doesn't matter if it were fictional or not you would need, you know, either your father's permission or an older male's permission in order to marry. And your prospects are you don't really get to marry for love a lot of the time. And that's the kind of situation that Claire is in. She is willing to marry a complete stranger that her brother found for her in order to escape this horrific and toxic housing situation that she has found herself in but on the event you know on the day of the fair you know you have to think the Chicago World World Fair so that's what this is trying to emulate Uh, it's not really going according to plan there have been many many hiccups the fair has been postponed many many times um, and there is talk of war within a nation of land, you know, of, uh, God, of duke, duke and dukedoms, dukedoms, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the right word, of pretty much <laughs> America, they're just trying to invade each other, they're different boundaries, because, you know, when you think of the kingdom, um, you have the king, and he has separated his land to be governed by specific people. 
be like, okay, from this border to this border, that's your land. You know what I mean? I'm not really explaining it right, and I do apologize. Um, but there is war on St. Cloud by the Livmonians. Um, and I think it's a really interesting concept that there's still going to be war and injustice. It doesn't matter what type of situation it is. Um, that is where they, where they're out, where they are. So that's the plot. And her father was orchestrated to build a weapon, except it fails until she touches it. And so she's taken in by the, uh, governor of their land, Remy Duchamp. Now, there's a lot of bigotry in this novel. Um, there's, what I do like about this novel is how it tackles immigration. Um, you have other people who, you know, <sighs> St. Cloud is not in the best of places, and that's not because of Remy Duchamp. Uh, that is because of the governor who's been extorting people so that he can get rid of this kid. So this kid doesn't really know what's going on, you know, he can't be more than 18, 18, 19, 20, I believe. I think he's 19. And he's a good kid. He wants to do good for his people. But he is also a little oblivious in this situation. Until Claire kind of open, opens up his eyes like, don't you realize what's going on in your own place? Like, he is oblivious and that is on his fault. So I do like this dynamic between the two characters. Uh, it's kind of predictable that they're going to form a romance. But I do like how their romance develops. I like how they have a friendship and he respects her as a person. He respects her as a woman. He doesn't find her limited by being a woman. I want to say that. Um, he's very open-minded. He's very forward thinking. And I think that that's really good for the story because everyone else around her, they're willing, like her friend Beatrix, her friend Beatrix is with this group of women uh, who want to see a woman on the throne. You know, I'm not opposed to that, except some of these women are very bigoted. You know, they are very, they're forward-thinking somewhat, but when it comes to uh, society, they want to get rid of everyone who's French, everyone who is not American, as they say. They want to get rid of pretty much men, and they want to be in power. So her friend Beatrix she doesn't agree with all their ideals, but she does agree. You know, it's like, our, our county is not in right hands. We need a woman to put things right. And Claire's just like, no, like, that woman's a horrible person. You can't ask me to spy for you to help this horrible person. She's like, we don't even know, you know, about the Remy. So there's a lot of tension that influences the character dynamics and the characterization. I think that that's what really sells the book. I will say it does have a bit of a slow start to it, but overall it's very cohesive. It does pick up momentum. I do like to see how Caballero, I like seeing how they are adapting history 
and the World's Fair and reinterpreting it in this very alternate history, First Kingdom uh, type of world. I do think that it's really interesting and it really did captivate me as a reader. Honestly, I really did like that part of the story. But again, you know, it does have a bit of a slow start. But once you're past a quarter of it, you know, you're really engaged with the characters. You're really engaged with the socioeconomics of this world. You're really engaged with, you know, how everyone's kind of black or white or shades of gray. And I love how Tesla's in this book as well. I'm a huge fan of Tesla as a person. I think Tesla was a genius. <laughs> um, I really do think that he was a genius. So seeing him and his histor historically quirky personality brought to life on the pages, I thought that was really creative and I thought it was a nice addition to the story. So overall, I think I'd have to give Muse four stars. Um, at first, when I was first reading it, I was a little iffy about it. I was like, oh, I'm not, again, because that pacing in the, in the first quarter is rather slow. You don't really get to see a lot of uh, fantasy or science fiction. It's all really grounded in reality, so I didn't know if I was going to like it. But I did like the socioeconomic uh, undertones for the story. I did like the... Um, plot. I like the pacing as well. And the characterization. Once again, I do think the characterization is really well done. That it is thoughtful. There's lots of growth for the characters and there's lots of tension to add some depth to it. So I'm going to go ahead again, once again, give this book four stars. If you want to go ahead and purchase the book, please purchase from your local bookstore or your online book retailer. Please try to avoid buying off of Amazon. If money is tight, please check out the book from your local library. Libraries are a great resource for the community and they're there for you to encourage reading as well as many other resources. And on that note, I hope you all will continue to support me by liking this podcast, sharing it with all your book-loving friends, and subscribing to it. You can also become a supporter on Anchor which is where this is recorded. There's a link and information on that in the description. Have a great rest of your day, and as always, happy reading. Mm -hmm.